We have a special guest with us. It's one of my, my spiritual sons. He's preached here a lot at youth. He did our youth camp last year in Florida. Uh, he's doing young adults this Tuesday night on campus at UNA as we're trying to be an influence on UNA's campus. Um, and this young man, um, Toy and I are just so proud of you and Ryan and the, the man of God you are, the father you are, the husband you are. I've watched his journey. has an incredible story at some point. I know he'll share in the, in the future of just God's hand upon his life and how God is using him. They planted a couple years ago, different church in Nashville, Tennessee, during the middle of COVID online only with the desire to look at TikTok and online as a mission field. We have missionaries in Haiti, we have missionaries in Guatemala, we have missionaries in France, we have missionaries in Cuba, we have missionaries all over. But one of the most unreached people groups in the world is the next generation behind us. And their location is not physical, it's digital. And they have done an incredible job reaching the TikTok world and the online world with 20 some odd thousand followers on TikTok. Uh, And to my kids, I guess that's a big deal. I'm too old to know what's a big deal anymore. Uh, But they're doing an incredible job reaching a next generation, both digitally and now physically with their church plant. And I love his heart for God. I love his heart for people. And I just love Tyler and Ryan so much. And so if you would, please welcome Pastor Tyler Sturban. Chapel, what's up? Oh, come on, dude. Y'all can't do me like that. Chapel, what's up? How are we? Man, can we talk about Pastor Bobby? And do we call her First Lady Toya? Do we call her Pastor Toya? What do we call her? Pastor Toya? Can we make some noise for Pastor Bobby and Pastor Toya real quick? What? 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 Oh, my goodness. Now, listen. Listen. So I didn't grow up in church. Can I keep it real with y'all? I didn't grow up in church, okay? So whenever I got into church, I realized that people talk different. You know what I mean? Y- y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, so whenever somebody was cool, they'd say like, oh, Pastor Bobby and Toya, man, they're loving leaders. They're intentional leaders. They're wise people. They're right. Like, that's how the church talked. Bro, where I come from, that we just call those real ones. You guys know what I'm talking about? You, you got some real ones in your life that no matter what happens, Pastor Bobby and Pastor Toya are some what? Real ones. Can we make some noise for Pastor Bobby and Toy real quick for just being some real ones, for just keeping it, listen, just keeping it real. Now, I know everyone wants to talk about Pastor Bobby. Oh, Pastor Bobby's so smart. He's such a good speaker. And yeah, he is. Bump him, okay? We're talking about Pastor Toya for a second. Ladies, let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. You need, I don't, oh, I don't want to cry, okay? Give me a second. You need a Toya in your life. My wife will be here next service. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Get close to her. I don't know. Y'all got some like women's thing coming on. I don't get close to her. Call her. Here's what happened. My wife and I never grew up in, like didn't go to a youth group, didn't do anything. We get into church and these two people just so happen to hire Ryan, my wife and I. Like the boy, she's not a boy. We got to just, you know. (laughs) When I call to like cancel something. And I'm like, you know, especially what was it, 2016, I called. I said, hey, you know, me and my, I, I want to cancel my service. And the operator said, okay, so what's your spouse's name? And I said, Ryan. And they were like, oh, my gosh. Are you so excited about it? I was like, hey, you know what? But my wife walks up. You have to think. When somebody just walks into church, it's not just 
especially when you look like me, right? I try to walk over to that side of, the, uh, of your church and they wouldn't even let me pass the doors because there's kids and they were like, you gotta pass a background check, you gotta, just because of how I look. You gotta think, you can't just walk into church anymore, right? And so whenever we were first started, first started, my wife walks up to Toya and says, Toya, I don't know what I'm doing. You know what this, you, this mother in Christ did for my wife? She took her to a Panera Bread. Listen to this, I'm not, I'm not playing, I'm not doing nothing. I'm, she made my wife, listen to this, in Panera Bread, in, and, and if you're from Nashville, I'm from Nashville, in Panera Bread, in the not-so part, I mean, you know, it's called Rivergate, okay? It's just Rivergate. If you've ever been to Nashville, don't go to Rivergate. So she says, here's what I want you to do, because she's like, hey, my wife's saying, like, I don't know where I fit type deal. Like, hey, we, we, I don't know how to be a pastor's wife. I'm, I don't know how to be a pastor. She didn't know how to be a pastor's wife. This is a disaster, a right-off rip, right? And she makes my wife, no joke, I guess she had printed out Martin Luther King's speech. She made my wife get on a chair in Panera Bread and recite the whole Martin Luther King speech in the middle of Rivergate. But can I tell you now, my wife now gets to teach and preach in front of thousands and thousands of people. And it started in this place called Panera Bread with this girl named Toya that just gave her a sheet of paper and said, read this, because God's going to do something in you. And here's what I'm telling you. One of you ladies feels like there's more in your life. I'm not trying to preach. I'm not trying to do it. My name's Tyler. I don't, I'm not worth nothing, okay? One of you ladies feels like there's more. Toya will bring it out in you. She will get close to her. Get close to her, okay? Are we cool with that? Okay, I'm done. Man, I'm tripping. I'm done. My name's Tyler, man. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm so thankful to be here to hang out with you guys. Man, we started something like two years ago. Listen, we started something two years ago called Different Church, okay? Because I didn't think we needed more churches, bro. There's one on every corner. It's like McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King. Now it's Baptist, Methodist, Catholic. Bro, it's everywhere. And so I was like, okay, well... What if, the, what if we don't need another or we just need one that's going to do something a little different, right? And so what we did was we, we decided, you know, if I want to reach people that don't go to church, why would I build a church building? So rather than trying to get people off their couch to church, we focus on taking the church to their couch. You know what I mean? You feel me? And so we started stuff doing TikTok. We were like one of the first ones to really start doing TikTok online. And now, and no joke, we've only been around for a little over a year, okay? No budget. Just some people in a room just making content. We reach over a million people a month, dude. A million people a month. Just look at some crazy stuff. But here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. Check this out. When I called Pastor Bobby and Toy and said, hey, here's my idea, here's my dream, can you hook a brother up? You know what I mean? Like, can you, can you help me? I don't know what I'm doing. He said, my church has got you. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Because you give, because you tithe, because you serve, because you do all that, you basically have a campus in Nashville. It's just called Different Church. Like, we are a byproduct of what you guys give to. So when he does these tithes and offerings, it's not just going to just a, bro, my kids didn't have to eat ramen noodles for a little bit. I thank you. Can I tell you? I thank you. Thank you so much for giving. Thank you, Pastor Bobby and Toya, for serving us and helping us and making it happen. Now, my, now my wife is always nervous when I go preach somewhere because obviously, like, it's just me, right? Like, it's just me. And, and at first, I didn't know because it's Florence, Alabama. I don't know nothing about Florence, Alabama. But I knew y'all were going to be crazy. I knew before I even got here. You know why? Y'all got lions. 
What, what place in the world? There are countries running from lions and you guys choose to share a habitat with them. I don't understand. There are lions everywhere. You've got real lions. Not, hear me, not in a zoo. What are you thinking? Like, do you guys not go to sleep just ever questioning? Bro, I, where I grew up, I'm always thinking that. There's always, what if that dude's pit bull gets out? What am I going to do? You guys don't even, you're not scared of, of lions. But here's what, so one, I told my wife, I was like, bro, they're already going to be crazy. I already know they're going to be crazy. I'm not even worried about it. And then I started thinking about it. If Nashville and Florence got into a war with each other, just for some reason, I don't know, will y'all, will y'all take me in? Will y'all take me in? You guys got lions. We've got fedoras and Starbucks cups. What am I going to do with that? Hot chicken? I don't need that. I want lions, man. I, I'm excited. Dude, I'm telling you, Florence is crazy, man. You guys, and y'all guys have a lit mall, man. I'm telling you. I love hanging out here. What? What? Y'all stop, man. Y'all, <laughs> y'all stop. Okay, so like I said, my name's Tyler, and, and we do church a little bit differently, right? Hence the name. But you know how in normal church, you've got the normal things. Pastor Bobby Toy, I'm sorry, but y'all get emails, right? Church emails. Hey, it's that person took my seat, right? The normal, the normal, right? That person took my parking space. I didn't like that song. The light hit me in the eye. The communion was a little dry. What did you think? Did you want it to just be a full loaf of bread? Like, I don't know. We don't have those problems. Can I tell you, smoking section? Can I talk to you for a second? This is where I hang out, the smoking section. This is where I hang out, okay? Can I talk to you for a second? We don't have those problems, okay? We, we don't have the church email. We don't have stuff like, you know what we have? The comment section. We have the comment section. And I, I've kind of come to understand that I think I'm the only pastor that every person that comes to church hates the pastor of the church. Like, I'm, if you've never been on, and I mean, y'all know the comment section. Y'all love the comment section. Whether it's Facebook, Instagram, right? You see somebody post an edgy post, and it's got 49 comments. Oh, stop playing like y'all are holy. Stop. You know, she hadn't been posting pictures of her husband in a while. You felt like something was fishy. She makes a post. You hop in. Stop. You know, right? So TikTok, just imagine the worst of the worst come to TikTok. And so, like I said, we reach a million follow, or a million views a month. Do you think a million people love Tyler? No. One might, and it's not even my wife. That's the crazy part. I see her commenting mean stuff. I'm like, what are you doing? But there was one not too long ago that stuck out to me. Can I share it with y'all this morning? There there was a comment that stuck out to me. I got to give you some context. I was preaching a message on gossip. And I know the church doesn't mess with gossip. I know that, that there is no struggle when it comes to gossip. But I felt in my spirit that I needed to preach a message on gossip, okay? I know nobody struggles with it, but I just felt like I needed to preach it. So I preach it. And, and did you know, and, and I don't have the exact numbers and funny, but like murder's mentioned like 30 times in the Bible. Stealing's mentioned like 40 times in the Bible. All this stuff is mentioned. Gossip's mentioned almost 200 times in the Bible. And I thought that that kind of tripped me out. I was like, we, and, and my message was, we don't hate gossip like God hates gossip. Uh, yeah, good one, Tyler. Yeah, that was my message. And then I woke up the next morning, because that's when it happens. Every single morning I wake up to comments of people loving me, hating me, whatever. 
And I woke up to this one. Do you have the first one on the screen? This was the comment. Do we have it? Okay. <laughs> Why are y'all laughing? No, 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 no. Why are y'all laughing? He says to my message, y'all don't go and spam this dude. I don't care. But he has five likes. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of, what about gluttony, bro? You're looking a little heavy there. I laughed that morning. I mean, I cried a little. You know how it's like kind of both? Like if I don't laugh, I'll cry. Like, <laughs> So I get that comment, but then I see that there are responses under the comment of people defending me, which is awesome. Go to the next one. This guy responds to this guy and goes, was that really necessary? And I'm like, bro, merge ref, thank you. That's not necessary. Don't come at me like that. That's not necessary. And then another person comes to my defense. Watch this. Wow, brother, you have major issues. SMH stands for shaking my head. Obviously, you were convicted by what he was saying, so you decided to respond like a little child. So petty. I said, the H right underscore one, my man, I will pay you. You are on staff of different church. I like you. But none of these hit me like the response I'm about to show you of a man defending me, defending his pastor online, doing what any noble Christian man would do. Can you see how he responded? And he let him know he's not even. <laughs> Money biz 14, what are we doing, baby? What's the, hey, hold on. You see there are how many? One, two, three, four, five. There are five words. What's the one word you see? <laughs> he really thought he was doing something, didn't he? He really thought he was helping me. Isn't, hey, hear me. Isn't it crazy how one word can change everything? Isn't it crazy how one word, the word that, this right here, that has made me talk about this for months now. One word from a person. And if one word from a person can change my life, what could one word from the creator of the cosmos do in my life? If one person, if Money Biz 14 can change my month, change my week, change my year, change my life, imagine what one word from Jesus Christ could do in your life. Imagine. And I really think that that's what we're, I mean, that's why we come to church, right? To get what? To get what? A word. To hear what? A word. To get a word from the creator. But I don't think we know how to get words anymore. I don't know that we know how to hear from God anymore. I don't think we know how to do this anymore. It's a lost art. It's a lost art. No one hears from God anymore. How do we do it? But I... A word does what? Well, in Corinthians it says, his word is a what to my what? A lamp or a light to my path. It gives me vision. A word will give you vision. And where, listen, and I'm not, I'm not like Bobby that can just pop off Ebenezer stuff. Like, I'm not like that. Listen, but all I know, listen, all I know, Proverbs says where there is no vision, what happens? People die, people die, people die. 
if your marriage is struggling right now, it's not what you think it is. It's a lack of vision. You're parenting. You're lost right now. You don't know why. You don't know why you got the job. You don't know why you started the business. You don't know why you did anything. It's not. It's, it's a lack of vision. And here's what's scary. Here's what's scary. We've been taught and we've been told that Satan is in the spooky. Satan's not in the spooky. He's not getting stuff to rock in your kitchen. He's not doing that. You know what he's in? He's in the sight. Satan's not in the spooky. If you're looking for Satan to be in the spooky, oh, as long as, as, long as no tables are rattling, my house is good. No, all he has to do is remove your sight. All he has to do is remove your vision. Why you got married. And I've got to ask myself, I'm lost. Tyler, my marriage, I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing. My wife and I literally last week sat down and went, what are we doing with these kids? What are we doing? We lost a vision. And here's the crazy part. Listen, the devil doesn't have to beat you, okay? He doesn't have to beat you. He's going to outlast you. He's not trying to kill your marriage today. He's not worried about today. Today you're in church. He's like, okay, I'll just get him on Monday, then Tuesday, then Wednesday, then Thursday. And he's going to keep going and going and going. And you're like, well, I hope this song lasts me all week. No. The devil's not trying to beat you today. He's just trying to outlast you to tomorrow. He's trying to outlast your marriage. Because eventually you're going to stop seeing. And that's why getting a word from the Lord is so big. It's so big. Eve, when she sinned, when she fell, right? When she took the apple. The devil didn't start shaking the tree. Satan didn't start having apples or fruit floating around. He didn't do that. What did he say? He said, well, you're looking at the tree all wrong. He's saying, hey, no, 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 no. Did he really say that? He changed the vision of the tree. He changed what the tree looked like to Eve. That's all he had to do. Vision. It's in the sight. And what's the last thing we talk about as married folk? Hey, married folk, listen real quick. What's the last thing we talk about? Why are y'all even married? Whenever I do marriage counseling, you know what I sit down, first thing I say, I say, why are y'all getting married? And these kids look at me like they had never even talked about it. They have no vision. So of course it's going to die. Of course it's going to fail. Anything you have that doesn't have vision is going to fail. And what, what will help you? Well, a word. A word. A word. And if one word, just like that dude, if one word that has that much power from a human, imagine what getting a word from Jesus would do in your life. And this morning, can we find a word from Jesus real quick? And so for me, listen, for me, I didn't go to like the Bible college. I didn't do all that. Here's what I've learned. I, if I need something... I find somebody that got it in the Bible and I repeat it. That's it. That's all I got for you. If you're looking for some five-step program, no, I don't got it. All I know is find somebody that got a word from the Lord and do what he did. Are we cool with that? Are we cool with doing that this morning? Finding somebody that got a word from Jesus and we're going to do what he did, okay? Listen, even if that means it could get scary today. But he got it. He got it. So if you have a Bible, you turn to Mark 1, verse 40. Yeah, 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 Mark 1, verse 40. This is where we're at. We're only in two verses, okay? 40, 41. I don't have a very, they put me on Ridlin as a kid. I can't focus on stuff very long. I'm just all over. So I do one or two verses, and I go, Jesus, what are you doing for me? What's going on? What are you speaking to me? Mark 40, verse uh, 1, verse 40. Look at this. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Verse 41. Moved with compassion. 
Jesus reached out and touched him. Here's the word. Here's the word. This is the word he wanted, and he got it. What did he say? I am willing. What did he say? Be healed. He got his word. That's the word. Be healed. I am willing. Be healed. But now, like we said, it's cause and effect. I don't remember much from school, okay? I didn't do much in school. I graduated the 1.8 GPA. That's possible. Trust me. But I remember one thing in English class they taught me, cause and effect. If you do this, this is the effect. This is the outcome. So if I see he got a word that says, I am willing, be healed. I have to, what do I have to do? I have to go back to the cause. What caused Jesus to say these words? What caused Jesus to give this man new life and new vision? What caused it? Let's go back to verse 40. A man with leprosy came to Jesus. A man with leprosy, it didn't say he brought a tithe. It didn't say he brought an offering. It didn't say he brought a suit and tie. It didn't say any of that. What did, he, what did he bring? The one thing he brought, what did he bring? Leprosy. The only thing this man brought was leprosy. And when I go to church, I think the last thing we bring to church is what? Our leprosy. Our sickness, our hurt, our, can we talk about it? Our sin. That's the last thing. You don't see me walking in here, sinner alert, watch out. Watch out. I was looking at something I shouldn't. I DM'd somebody I shouldn't. I took money from my company that I shouldn't. I was gossiping. I, was like, I don't do that. You know what I walk in and say? Bless and highly favored. This man brought one thing to Jesus. What was it? Leprosy. We bring our wisdom. I bring my theology. I bring my chorus hook in two verses. I bring what, Je what I think Jesus wants. He doesn't want that. What does Jesus want from you this morning? Your leprosy. Did you bring your leprosy this morning? No. And here's the scary part. Leprosy formed itself on the outside. What if your private sin formed itself public? How fat? Listen, you wouldn't leave your house or the altar, would you? You wouldn't come to this altar, would you? You'd be in that prayer. You'd finally use that prayer closet, wouldn't you? <laughs> wouldn't you? But we don't hate our sin enough. No, and guys, you, I, I'm trying to tell you, I don't like these kind of messages. I don't. I love, dude, I am a faith, grace preacher. Listen, I'm the best there is. But when I prayed and I said, God, show me what my word is this year. He said, it's repentance. I said, God, don't, I don't want to. He said, it's repentance. He said, Tyler, you don't know how to repent. And I didn't. I knew how to say I'm sorry. I didn't know how to repent. I had never actually brought in my leprosy to Jesus because no one could see it. So why would I bring it to him if, if no one's talking about it? Why would I bring it? But you know, it's frustrating. You'll get mad at God for not healing your leprosy when you never brought it to him to be healed. Don't get mad at him. Don't get frustrated at him. You never told him. You never talked to him about it. He knew about it. He was just waiting for you to talk about it. Don't get mad at God. You never prayed about it. Smoking section, you hear me? You never prayed about it. Don't get mad at him. Don't blame him, the church, the pastors, the elders, the deacons, the anointing oil. No, you were praying for stuff that you didn't really even struggle with. You just had an unspoken. 
He says, no, this man brought one thing and he got his word. One thing. It's that simple. It's that simple. How crazy is that? But we're not hurting, are we? I don't hurt, do I? You don't hurt. You're not struggling. You don't have a private thing going on in your life. You have, you're good. And here's the scary part. You can fool the church. You can't fool God. I've tried to do it a million times. I can fool any one of you guys. I can be the funny guy up here and you just think, hey, man, that guy's got a word and I, I'm dying inside. That's so, listen, that's so scary. That is so scary, guys. But we walk in here, get the coffee, sing the couple songs. Good word, Pastor Bobby. You look good. Hey, come down for an altar thing. Okay, cool, God, I pray for my finances. Then we leave. And then we wonder why nothing actually changes. You never brought the thing that was keeping you from changing. You never did. You never did. You never did. And be honest with you, when was the last time you really prayed and said, God, I'm a sinner? Oh, doesn't that sound terrible? Say that in your head real quick. God, I am a sinner. When was the last time you said that? It had been a while for me. It had been a while for me. I said, but God, I'm a pastor. God, I'm a pastor. He said, well, I want you to go to 1 Timothy. I want you to see this pastor that was the best sinner that's ever existed. His name was Paul. You know what he says? I'm the chief sinner. I'm the best sinner. In, in this whole room, I'm the best sinner you've ever seen. And as, as I was praying earlier, and I know this is going to sound so crazy, and, and we may talk about it at the end of this, a lot of times we don't think that we can bring our leprosy because we're scared we're going to lose a position if we do. Bump the position. Get close to dad. Can I tell you something? I don't know what you've got in your life. I don't know where you're trying to aspire to. I don't know. Eventually it will come out. Eventually it will. Man, I'm I, like, yes, I love to laugh. I love to play. But the... If I know something could happen to you later on, why would I not shake you today and go, hey, it's going to manifest itself. Ask me how I know. Ask me how I know. So I ask you, when was the last time you brought your leprosy to Jesus? When was it? But we're not hurt. We walk into church and we're not. Could you imagine if you had a broken arm? This is how absurd this is. Could you imagine if you walked into a, a, a doctor's office and you had a broken arm, the, the, the elbow is sticking out of the skin, and the doctor comes up and goes, hey, do you need help with your arm? And you looked at him and said, no, it's fine. They would look at you and say, okay, I, I don't care what happened. I don't care what caused it. Let me see your arm. And, and you go, no, it hurts, but you can leave me alone. My knee kind of bothers me a little bit. And he's like, your knee's fine. It's got like a scrape. What happened to your arm? Yeah, but my finances, God. What? Guy's like, hey, give it to me. Give it to me. I remember there was this old phrase my grandma used to tell me all the time back in the day. God don't like ugly, Tyler. You remember hearing that as a kid? That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. This guy, can you pull that up again? Can you pull verse 40 up again real quick? He brought the ugliest thing possible in this time. And what did Jesus do? Hey, come here. I love it. God doesn't like ugly. He loves ugly. He loves it. Whatever you got that's ugly, he's like, hey, look at this dude. 
A man with leprosy. It didn't say a man that was covering his leprosy so Jesus would like him and talk to him a little more and wrapped himself, put the sackcloth. You know the scripture. It didn't say that. He says a man with just leprosy. It didn't even say he had clothes on. Just leprosy. Came and knelt in front of Jesus. God loves ugly. Hey, God loves ugly. Ben, will y'all come rock with me for a second? I don't know what's going to happen. God loves ugly. He does. But what did the man do? It's not just, oh, I brought my sin. God, thank you. No, he, there was something else that happened. What was it? A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus. What's this word right here? B-E-G-G-I-N-G, begging. Begging. I'm going to say it for the people in the back. Begging Jesus to be healed. Do you know how to beg? I looked it up. I did my, you know, super smart scholarly duty. It meant cry out. It meant, hey, to yell. But I'm a dad. I got two young girls. You know who knows how to beg? My daughters. When they see something in Walmart that they want, you know what it is? Oh, Dad! And then when they were really young and they didn't have any type of social cues whatsoever, you know what they would do? And y'all know it, parents, this is going to be just, you know. Well, they would drop and they would fall. Dad, I need the cereal. Won't they? Kids will act a fool to get what they want. I get to go to churches all the time. There's never a begging section in a church. I've never seen a begging section in a church. Ever in my life. I've never been to a seminar, a conference to taught people how to beg. Not once. And we live in the awesome country of the United States of America where we're very blessed financially, so we've never probably had to beg. So this looks crazy to you, doesn't it? But that's what this man did. He brought his sin. I would imagine, remember, I don't know much. But I know humans, I know people, I know my daughters. He goes, Jesus! Real quick, before you leave, I've got something for you. And Jesus turns around, I would imagine, Jesus turns around and sees this disgusting man laying on the ground groveling, begging, pleading, Dad, can you hear me? Dad, this leprosy is costing me jobs. This leprosy is kind of bad on my love life. This leprosy is hurting me right now. I can't move forward until this leprosy gets out of here. And so he begged. He begged.
When was the last time you begged God for something? You know what you deal with. Hey, bro, you're not fooling nobody. I'm not fooling nobody. You're for sure not fooling God. But you care what these other people think. A church more than the creator of the world. Because honestly, what keeps you back from coming to the altar and laying on your face? This is for you to just ask yourself. What keeps you from that? Well, my auntie goes to this church and she'll tell my grandma. And my grandma will know I'm struggling with something. Then I can't go to the family reunion because everyone knows I'm a sinner. So you're never, ever able to experience breakthrough because other people who aren't experiencing breakthrough are keeping you from experiencing breakthrough. Make it make sense for me, guys. Make it make sense. This man begged Jesus to heal him. To heal him. And what happened whenever he healed him? Can we get verse 41? Look at that. Look at that. He moved the heart of God. All he had to do was move his leprosy closer to God and he moved the heart of God. All he had to do was scooch his disease a little bit closer and God started feeling, moved with compassion. Jesus reached out and gave him the word. What if the very thing that's keeping you from breakthrough is the very thing you think, well, it's not that bad. If someone finds out, so I'm gonna keep faking it and maybe I'll get elevated and it'll go away. That's not how that works. That's not how that works. What if I told you this morning you don't have to be lost anymore? Your marriage doesn't have to be lost anymore. Your parenting, your addiction, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be lost anymore. You don't have to be in the dark anymore. You can get a word from God. There's just one thing in the way. What is it? Help! I need you! Help! God, I don't know if you see me on this island. I just need something real quick. That's all it is. That's all it is. Boy, it's the last thing we do. Because what do you have to say? I'm a sinner. People will know. And God just looks at us like, guys, I'm waiting. You know, God spoke to me a a while back because I was like, God, I'm ready for you to move. He said, bro, I'm waiting for you to move. I said, God, that's not how this works. Just let me talk. He said, no, Tyler, I'm waiting on you to move. You're not waiting. We always talk about waiting on the Lord. Are we though? Or are we just holding on to something that's keeping us from moving forward and we're just like, not waiting on the Lord. I'll keep DMing that person, but I'm waiting on the Lord. Stop. Stop. You know, and here's the crazy part. You know what's keeping you back. You already know it. You really don't need an audible voice. For, like you don't need him to speak. on. You know what's keeping you back from the next level in, in your walk with God. You know it. 
He already talks to you about it in the still small voice. He already talks to you about it. And what do you do? No, doctor, I'm fine, but look at my knee. All because of one thing, the rest of this room, the rest of your family, the rest of your coworker, whatever. But if it manifested itself physically and it started popping up all over your body, what would you do? Bro, you wouldn't see me for some weeks. I'd be praying and going to CVS, getting every cream you could imagine. But you don't hate it that bad because no one knows. But it's the very thing that's keeping you from elevating in your life. And so we have to get over ourselves, each other. Bro, can I tell you, I am the worst sinner in this room. I'll be the first one. You can be second place. I'll be first place. Don't care. Don't care at all. If that's what it takes to get closer to what God has for me, if that's what it takes to get closer to Jesus, I don't care to tell you I'm messed up. I don't care to tell you that I'm broken. I don't care to tell you I'm short with my wife and sometimes I say stuff I wish I wouldn't say. I don't care to tell you that I'm not the best dad and sometimes I just watch something rather than spending time with them. I don't care to tell you I'm broken, I'm hurting, and I need to get closer to what God has for me. I don't care what you think, dude. And you've got to get to this place where nothing else matters but Jesus. Nothing else. Because the people you care about caring about you, one, don't care about you, and two, they're not responsible for your next at all. We're going to go into worship, and, I, and, and we're going to do this, but I want to, I want to share something with you. And, and I'm not one of those weird, like, Man, word, this is a word. I'm not, I'm not one of those dudes, but I took my daughters to a daddy-daughter dance. It was their first one, right? Five and six. And we walk in and we get to the door of this school. And, and we're the first ones there. And I've got, I've, oh, I've got Asher's hand. I, I, yeah, I'm holding her hand. I'm holding Salem. And I'm so excited. The doors are about to open to the snowball. Me and these girls, I already got my moves ready. Like, you already know, I was ready to kill this thing. And we're there, and, and it's starting at 6, at about 5.58, I hear some other little girls running up, Salem and Asher! And I feel, listen, and if you're a parent, you know, I feel their hand leave my hand. And they start playing with their friends, and that's cool. The door opens, I'm like, okay, well, they'll dance with me. I know they will. When we get in, just right now they're with their friends. Like right now they're cool with them, but eventually. And so I'm standing there, the dance floor, it's in the gym, and I'm standing on the outside, and here comes Salem Asher. They run up, and they, they said, hey, this is Madeline's dad. Why don't you stand with Madeline's dad while we dance? I said, I don't want to dance with Madeline's dad. He doesn't want to dance with me. What do I want to do? I want to dance with my daughters. That's why I'm here. That's why I paid the admission. That's why I came here. And I see them dancing with other people. Listen, I taught them how to dance. I showed them the music they're dancing to. I taught them how to have confidence in dancing when they get out in front of people. I told them they look good dancing in the bathroom when no one else was there. And now they're putting me with Madeline's dad. What? And the whole night I watched them dance with other people that weren't me. 
And, and in that moment, the music's playing. I think it was like Bruno Mars or something. I have no idea. God spoke to me. He said, now you see what I see. He said, you've been dancing with too many people. You've been dancing with so many people. You've been caring what everyone else thinks. Because if they would have brought me on the dance floor, do you know what the people at the dance would have said? I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. I, I get caught up. He just wants to dance with me. He just wants to dance with you. He paid the price for you to even dance with him. So whenever Pastor Bobby did that response earlier, there were probably like, what, 50 people up here. Man, I thought, man, that's awesome. And I just turned around and I saw hundreds of people not here. I don't know why you weren't here. I have no idea. I have no idea. And I'm not here to just like, turn or burn, get down. I'm not here to do that. But your dad wants to dance with you. Your dad wants to dance with you this morning. Can I tell you that? You've danced with every other person. Your dad wants to dance with you this morning. And here's what I'll tell you. I promised myself I would never, and I love Pastor Bobby and Toya. This is what I love so much about them. They'll respond to every altar call there is. Me, I told myself, every time I preach, I'm responding to every altar call. I do, someone else does. I don't care. I need to be here. But Tyler, they'll think I'm a baby Christian. When I'm in my dad's hands, I'm a baby, dude. When I'm in my father's hands... I'm the biggest baby you've ever met. And so we're going to go through worship again. And man, it was crazy earlier. Listen, but here's what I want you to do. Don't come here and sing some songs. Don't come here and do what they do and it sounds really good. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to come here. Is this going to work? I need you to come here. Sorry, video crew. I need you to come here. I need you to lay down. I need you to go, Dad, I don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm here. I need you to, I, I did what that guy did. I need you to do the rest. I don't know how to clear it. I don't know how to get over the addiction. I don't know how to get over, I'm broken. I need a word from you. My marriage, we haven't spoken in months. I need something. You don't even know why you're in college. You're just here because someone told you, you have someone else's vision. And you need a word. Will you stand with me? Will you stand with me this morning? But man, I don't want this to be something. There is one thing you've got to say when you come down here. And I promise, the weight of everything you've ever went through will go. At the moment you say, I'm a sinner. It's crazy. You lose it. You want to lose 10 pounds this summer? Just say, I'm a sinner. It works. I'm telling you, I'm broken. I struggle. I look at things I shouldn't. I've talked to people I shouldn't. I've stolen money. And God, I'm sorry. Like when you do that. Then you'll experience freedom. You want to know why you don't really know what freedom feels like? You sing about it because you've never said it. Because you've never spoken it and gotten rid of it and said it. And there's something that you've carried for a long time. Listen, you've carried for a long time. Be real. Hey, 
I know Pastor Bobby and Toya, you got a position here, they're still gonna like you. They're more concerned about you before they're concerned about holding a door, before you're concerned. Choir, I don't know where you are. Hey, if you got something, let's pray, let's do it. God is more concerned. Pastor Bobby and Toya are more concerned about you being okay with him than them. That's what they're more concerned about, I promise. I promise. So when I pray, will you make your way down? And this is what I'm telling you. Listen, we're doing one thing. Dad, I'm here to dance with you. I'm sorry. I'm a sit and saying these words. I'm a. It's hard. There's a reason nobody does it. But I'm not trying to be like everybody else. Lord, we love you. I've held on to it for too long, God. I have held on to, you know what goes on in my mind. You know what goes on in my heart. You know what I've been carrying. You know what I've said. You know what I've looked at. You know what I've taken. You know what I've done. God, here it is. I'm throwing it up on you now. Take it. Here's my leprosy. I don't want it. I'm begging you. I need you. Make a move. I'm not waiting on you anymore. I'm coming down. I'm saying, God, I need you. I'm broken. I'm hurting. My marriage, it doesn't look like it looks on the on the gram. My parenting isn't as good as it really is. My private life isn't as good as it really is. I haven't really prayed to you in years. I haven't read the word in years, but I'm here faking it. I'm done faking it. I'm done making myself look better than I am. I'm here. Heal me. I need a word. Heal me. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. 